Hello again, everybody. I am the Common Sense American, and really this week, even though, of course, I'm late to the party because I only do this podcast once a week, I suppose there's only one thing to talk about, and that is the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. And I'm sure you've read and heard a whole ton about this. So because of that, I'm going to try to take a slightly different tack with this. Um, you know, you've heard all the arguments from both sides. You've, you've heard people screaming from the left and the right. You've heard the right celebrating and the left getting nuts, which is what we knew they were going to do. Um, and there's always the ongoing debate, at what point does life begin? Uh, morally speaking, <clears throat> at what point can we talk about uh, killing a child? Uh, just because it happens to be on the other side of the mother's uh, stomach wall doesn't mean it's not alive. Uh, but at what point does that take place? Is it, uh, for example, the heartbeat laws that are in effect? Once there's a detectable heartbeat, typically around six weeks or so, is that the time when, okay, that's it. That it, This thing is alive. It's a human. We, this, it would be murder at this point. Or is it, you know, a lot of people can make, are trying to make the argument that if it's a, it's a consciousness type thing, you know, uh, the I think therefore I am prior to that, it's not fully human. I've heard people make that argument before. The reason that is ludicrous is because it takes some time for a human child to even reach that point after birth. Um, they're operating entirely on instinct for quite some time after they're born. There is no, the rational thought process really hasn't kicked in. The cognitive functions have yet to really begin. So are we saying we can kill a seven-month-old? I mean, that's a that's a ludicrous argument. We can't be talking about that. But there's this sliding scale that that's just there. And then, of course, there are extenuating circumstances, uh, you know, such as rape and all that. Um, but what I really want to talk about, and this is this is indicative of the moral decline of the country and Roe v. Wade. Uh, well, let's put it this way: uh, Is it really any coincidence? Think about it this way: Is it really any coincidence that we started to see? Uh, and it had already been, you know, we'd been seeing cracks in in the moral fiber of the country prior to it, uh, as as early really as, as as the 50s, you could argue, in that even though it was such a much more innocent, a much more moral time, a much more uh, productive and healthy time in a lot of ways. And yes, I'm aware of all the smoking and drinking. Yes, uh, but if you really look at it mentally and physically, we are in monumentally better condition than we are now, uh, as was the country. Um, but you, you start to see cracks uh, in certain instances of people just going a little too far out. Once you hit the 60s, once you roll on into Vietnam and Woodstock, it really starts to fall apart. And is it any coincidence that in 1973 with Roe v. Wade, uh, from then on, uh, is it any coincidence that that is the timing of that? And we started to see just an increasingly morally bankrupt society after that as the years went on and the decades went on. And things just got more twisted, more immoral. Um, and no self-discipline, no nothing. Let me give you, uh, in case you're not too familiar with history, uh, a history of, of how this, we, we viewed this in the past. Uh, for many, many years, uh, hundreds of years in fact, um, prior to Roe v. Wade, in this country, um, abortion was just no. That was that was that wasn't going to happen. It was considered a barbaric thing to do, um, and the, the the good thing to do would be to have the child and put it up for adoption, um, and even that was scandalous. 
Uh, you know, people from that time period would tell you stories. It was very common to hear of a girl who mysteriously went out west or something and was there for a year recovering from some mysterious disease when, in fact, she was giving birth, but nobody wanted to know because she wasn't married. And in those days, if you weren't married and you got pregnant, yes, that was a problem. Um, and it was a big problem. And it was seen as just low moral fiber, a, 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 an example of that person's character, uh, the kind of people that that girl associated with, uh, that she put herself into, the, into a bad position, um, and all of that. And responsibility played a very large role, and parents were very strict about these sorts of things, um, which, you know, it's not just uh, uh, pregnant when you're married or even having sex before you're married. Now, there are sections of logic to apply to this, I've always thought. Do I believe that you have to be married to have a child? No, but I do believe you should be in a committed relationship with a man and a woman, a mother and a father who are looking to see this through. Um, it's a good idea to be married, I think. Um, I don't think it's essential. Um, how far do you want to go? Is it essential to, should you stave off not having sex before marriage? Logically speaking, I don't really agree with that because sexual intimacy isn't something you can predict, isn't something that um, is guaranteed, and is a major part of any long-term relationship. So if that isn't working and you find that after marriage, it, it can be difficult. And it did hinder a lot of marriages where that, and they don't want to talk about it, but that's what happened. Um, and uh, I, I recall an old interview with Woody Allen, who, of course, was pretty left-wing, when he was asked about this, and he said the idea of uh, sex, no sex before marriage, is kind of like, you know, buying a car without test driving it, which is sort of a blunt way of saying it, but I, in, in a lot of ways I agree. Now, should you be, uh, this all being said, this doesn't give you license to be a pig. It doesn't give you license to be a prostitute. It doesn't give you license to just sleep with everybody the instant you see them and, and act in general like an animal. Uh, there are limits. There are, there's such a thing as, as decency and proper amount of time before these things take place. And we're just, we've decided that that's not necessary either. Um, just do what you want, whenever you want, however you want is the mantra. And that doesn't work, as we've seen in the past few decades, as we've seen since Roe v. Wade would, it was in place. And on top of this all, let's not forget that, let's get just get the federal government out of our faces. They had no say in this to begin with. It should be up to the states. And leading up to the states, what's the big deal? You didn't lose your right to abortion. If you're in a state that that says, okay, well, now that this is gone, we're, we just so happen to believe in, in life, uh, and we're going to make it very difficult for you to get an abortion, or we're going to say you can't get one at all unless your life is in danger, I, I'm sorry, you're going to have to move. Or you're going to have to cross state lines or something like that. This is not a federal issue, and it's not a rights issue. I've seen um, many newspaper headlines that say something about it being a constitutional right. Where the hell is this in the Constitution? Did I miss a step? This isn't in the Constitution anywhere. You could interpret parts of the Constitution as saying that this extends to abortion, but there's no... This is not a constitutional right. It's too philosophically divisive. It's too gray. It's not. It's black and white for some people. It's a very gray area for others. This is a an issue that um, you know. Just because it's not convenient for you doesn't mean you can murder your child. No, that's not the way this goes. Um, maybe just maybe you should have you know 
been a little more careful. This is, so getting back to my point about prior society in the past of how people viewed this, they're very strict. And look how far we've fallen off the beam from there. Now, you can make the argument that it, it really hurt a lot of these young lives because they got into trouble and were sort of black marked after this. They were, they were blackballed. So, okay, well, this girl's no good now. She had a unwanted pregnancy at 21, she's not going to be able to find a husband and all that. Yeah, I admit that it can be a problem, but is that not something, is that not an incentive to live correctly and live cleanly as best you can and simply do things the right way? We have a glut of, of single parent households in this country and it's not working. If you want to take a look at the people who are in jail, the people who are absolute mental or physical wrecks in terms of their health, whose lives tend not to go in a very good direction, 10 to 1 that person is from a single family, single parent household, whether it's single mother, single father, whatever. And the destruction of the nuclear family, that is the key to a big part of our downward spiral. And Roe v. Wade contributed to the destruction of the nuclear family because it's basically saying you no longer really have to. And let's face it, Democrats have been pushing that for a while too. The marriage doesn't mean anything. It's just some sort of archaic construct that pins people into roles. Everybody should get a divorce whenever they want and uh, do whatever you want. Hell with the kids. Hell with that. They'll be fine. Um, all that matters is me. These people want to talk about being altruistic. They're the most selfish humans alive. All they care about is themselves. That's it. They care nothing about you. And amazingly, they care very little about the concept of family. That's clear. All they really care about is that they get to do what they want. My mother uh, was always against abortion, even though she was a child of the 60s and actually was on her way to Woodstock. And she would say uh, one, of, one of the big things that turned her off it right from the start was when she found out that men basically have no say in this and she just went wait so this was what immaculate conception there are two people involved in this no matter how you slice it the man has no say i get it if it's right but let's face it that is a tiny percentage of pregnancies on the planet and and you're saying that the father has no say in this that was one of the first things that then she realized and she started to talk to the people who were really onto the abortion train. She realized that they were just nasty, evil, demonic creatures that care nothing about anything but themselves. And they will take a bat to your head if you don't agree. If you, I've said it many times before. If you start taking away people's uh, so-called quote-unquote right to be twisted and dysfunctional and live like animals, they will fight you to the death. And we're seeing that in this pushback. If you look at the reaction to Roe v. Wade from the left, it's not just hostile. It's also violent and it's extremely classless. Oh, no, nobody can react to this thing without swearing. No one can react to this thing apparently without threatening bodily harm to Supreme Court justices or right-wing people or whatever. It seems impossible. They can't seem to do it. This tells you a lot about who these people are, doesn't it? It tells you a lot about what happens when the moral fiber of a country gets so shredded that the people in it no longer adhere to any kind of, uh, any constitution of their own. You should have your own constitution, a set of laws for yourself, things that you will not do. 
lines that you will not cross, a set of uh, ethics and morality and discipline that you will buckle down to because it not only increases the value of your life, it is essential for all society that you be a disciplined individual who has a will of their own, who can resist things that you know are going to turn out badly or put yourself in, a, in avoid dangerous situations that will put you in a tough spot and put all of society in a tough spot. You know, society has to care for these kids in orphanages and also who are just in really awful households. Now, people will make the argument, well, if they had aborted the child, we wouldn't have this problem. Uh, really? Well, that's one way to look at it. Or you could just blame the parents for letting this happen in the first place. It's amazing that prior to this, for the most part, Humans didn't have much of an issue avoiding this, did they? It happened, and as morality started to fade over the years, it happened more and more often, but in, when it was pretty straight-laced, this did not happen very often. And the reason it didn't happen very often is because society frowned on it, and you knew that life was going to be difficult if you allowed it to happen. So you didn't. You know, we've, we've come a long way from someone, a, a gentleman caller showing up at a, a, a lady's house, a girl, and asking the parents permission if the two can go for a walk or go to a dance and having a little dance card that they fill out, have a dance with each girl or, or, or something like that. Or the idea that even kissing in public just really was pretty scandalous and not something that was really done, especially if you weren't married, um, that they were dressed, that they wore clothes and dresses and suits and that they were just very respectful of each other and never really got too far down that path and as things advanced things got a little more romantic then ideas of marriage were put in place and we went from there they weren't tearing each other clothes off like animals with a bunch of drugs in the background by the way a lot of these people like their drugs don't they um and just screwing each other's brains out and then wondering why there are problems with STDs and babies and all of that stuff and having absolutely nothing on the ball. Let's not forget that another big part of this was parents going, okay, well, who is this young man and what does he do and what are his prospects and what kind of life will you two have? And these were questions that people asked. And they were important questions and they were valid questions. I don't believe people should be getting married or having children and families until they are at least somewhat financially stable. And if not, and when they're very young, of course, it's very difficult to be very financially stable, but at least you have prospects. You have jobs. Both of you have a job. Both of you are somewhat educated and have, you know, if worse comes to worse and you lose that job, you have things to do. This child has a good start in life. You should not be, and your, your relationship has a good start, has a sound footing. One of the big reasons why very few people are getting married anymore and having families is because they're not. They're messes. And they'll still get married. Why is it that the people who are in the worst situations are the first ones to get married and have 25 kids? That's the low-end side of things. Why? Well, let's not forget. There are people out there, uh, especially uh, women, who will just have kids just to get more welfare money. They've been doing that for decades. 30, 40 years. 50 years. This is disgusting. There's no... This is unconscionable in every way, shape, and form. You can argue about abortion and life all you want. What we need to look at is this decline in society. And Roe v. Wade was one of those markers. It's interesting to me that it's overturned. Now, it was overturned sort of on a constitutional basis, which is basically them saying this should not be a federal thing. It should be up to the states. But at the, and it wasn't, you know, they don't take morals into it. They're, they're all 
court. They look at laws. But for us, for everybody else, uh, and for how this resonates, it's just difficult to see uh, a society that basically believes in nothing, does not believe in any norms or structure. That the family was a structure. Uh, society built itself around this structure and you know what it did really really well and it's just also interesting to note that arranged marriages uh, were the norm for hundreds and hundreds of years before the concept of romantic marriage sort of took hold in the 18th 19th century uh, and it really served humanity quite well uh, i'm not saying we should return to that but i'm saying that in times of uh, you know especially when countries are being built and people are struggling and there were times when uh, two people just needed to work together regardless of how they felt about each other sometimes. The parents said, These are, this is a good match. You two need to go out in the world and start to produce. And you know what they did? Now, again, I'm not saying that's the right way to do things, but I'm, I am saying that there are reasons why we did all this, why this was in place throughout civilization, why parents played such a strong role in how uh, their children married and uh, and their lives uh, moving forward. And, and really, they believe that once they were married, that was it. These people are, they're adults. It's over. They're on their own. The concept of any child coming back to the parents' home at any point and prior to 10, 15, 20 years ago was ludicrous. That was just, that was if you were like, uh, uh, you were crippled or something, something terrible happened to you and you couldn't live on your own. You know, you were sick or uh, dying or something. You wouldn't be coming home. That's not happening. It happened more girls where uh, when there was a society where they unfortunately didn't have a lot of career opportunities and if they weren't married they sort of had to stay home um and i'm not again not saying we should go back to that but it was one of those things where uh it just it, it was seen unless the, the the parents are sort of infirm it was it was very common for girls to come and take care of the parents uh, they were spinsters, old maids, whatever you want to call them. But it was also seen as a general failure. They just didn't make the cut. They didn't get married. They didn't have a family. Um, which I always thought was kind of stupid because they're doing a, they're doing something for their family and, and they're staying with their family and they're uh, helping their parents and all that. And I, th I think in a lot of ways it was important. I mean, you can say that they wasted their lives, but I'll bet a lot of them didn't see it that way. The point is that there was a foundation. There was a structure. There was some semblance of... Um, responsibility to the society. Society cannot function without a form of structure. It just can't. Democrats and liberals have been saying for a long time now that we don't need any structure. That all of that is bad. That all it does is hinder people and cripple their, inhibit people. And yeah, you know what? We might need a little bit of that. That's essential for humanity. Shaming people because they're you know, overweight or something. Yeah, we need to get back to a little bit of that too because it's crippling us. It already has crippled our healthcare system. It's why people like me spend trillions of dollars on, on, on healthcare premiums that absolutely are 25 times too high for somebody who's healthy like me because other people have decided that they're going to be pigs. And yeah, we need a little bit of shame there. Yeah, we need to shame those people. Yeah, we need to shame the the... the the, the men who abuse women and just turn them into objects. Yeah, that's true. That's bad. We don't want that either. You're leaving kids scattered all over the place. Hell with that. Yes, you should be shamed for that. And yeah, we should be shaming the women too. Sluts, whores, call them whatever you want. If you're doing that, you should be shamed for it. There are 
lines and boundaries that we decided to just completely ignore. It will change when, you know, those lines, those boundaries based on who you talk to. Obviously, again, we're talking about sliding scales. So it will change a little depending on people's beliefs. But there, there needs to be something. There needs to be some rock-solid foundation on which to build a civilization because right now we don't have one. You can't have a civilization that's as twisted and dysfunctional as this, where people don't know if they're men and men or women, where you've got naked people leading other naked people by the collar or leash around in the public street. Again, going back to a time when police would arrest you if or, or ask you some questions if they saw you doing something a little suspicious on the street, even if you're dressed in a suit, especially in regards to other women. We have fallen so far from what civilization was to what we're looking at now in the streets and when we go on about our business that it's, there's almost nothing left. We're, we're hanging by a thread. There's nothing to grab hold on, to, to grab a hold of. Nothing anywhere. It's all falling apart. This whole do whatever you want, however you want, doesn't work. You need some discipline somewhere. And Roe v. Wade, again, is a, is a flag. It's a red flag on this. It's saying that, look, there are certain things that maybe you should think twice about, that you should take more responsibility for your life, especially when first starting out. Not just for you, but for the society as a whole. This isn't about just you. I know you think it is. It isn't. So... Taking all this into account, it's it's just it really is just a matter of uh, well, it's encouraging in a way that this happened at all. Um, I, again, I know it's it wasn't they didn't do it for for morality or anything like that, but the fact that it happened at all, um, and the fact that certain states are throwing down some trigger laws that are really banning abortion, effectively banning it entirely, with the exception of medical emergencies, um, and. The other thing is just let's not forget that when society starts to crumble, as it's doing for us, at some point when you notice that this isn't working and people just are failing everywhere and we are failing at an alarming rate, the logical counteraction to this is that people will just, you know, okay, this doesn't work. Now, I don't know how much farther down the slope we've got to go before most people in the country go, we can't, this can't, this doesn't work. Living like an animal doesn't work. You can call it your right or whatever. It, it doesn't work. You need to have some grounding in, in a basis of, of structure or this, this, is, this is a failure. We can't survive this way. Um, and we're not. We're failing quickly. So at some point, you're going to reach that and go, well, we <laughs> something has to change. Something has to. We need to revert, per, perhaps, to the way things were when it was working. And it's a matter of, okay, so we just don't go as far back. Do we go back to the time when, uh, you know, we were burning uh, women for being witches just because they had some herbs in their house? Or are we are going back to a time when um, there would be no sex before marriage at all? If they were, you were banished from the household? No. Maybe we don't go back that far. Maybe we go back just a little, little bit to the point where there was some uh discipline and ethics and morality. And I think World War II, post-World War II, right there seems like a good time. Uh, actually, just about any time after the Depression, um, once that lifted, uh, even during the Depression, it's amazing how resilient uh, mankind in this country proved itself. Um, and if you want to actually see people who are really starving, who are really having a tough time, who are actually homeless, 
rather than these idiots, these fat, overstuffed idiots sitting home with their smartphones and their computers and every creature comfort on the face of the face of the planet and getting every form of assistance there is. And take a look at people who are really skin and bone, who have no, who are living soup bowl to soup bowl, who are just desperate for any little coin, who were watching their families starve or freeze to death. We're a long way from that. Humanity is no longer that resilient. I'm sorry, it's just not, at least not this country and not that I see. These people can't handle that. They can't even handle not having their latte. We need to go back to a time when things actually, you know, required some effort. We need to have some effort in our lives. We need to put forth that effort. We're just going to become gelatinous nothings if we don't. With no structure and no, apparently, no reason to try. No reason to have your own personal set of values and rules. Anyway, that's it for this week. Um, I, I apologize if this came across as preachy. Uh, I, I didn't. I don't know exactly how to phrase all of this without it coming across as some preachy. I, I, look, we, we're all we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Trust me. Um, but we, we have to try every day. We have to try to be better. We have to try to get better. We have to fix our mistakes. Learn from our mistakes. People have stopped doing this because there's no consequences for that. When there are no consequences from a societal standpoint, people are just going to turn into a mess, and that's what happens. That's what has happened. And like I said, you just have to try. That's what I'm doing. So I, all I'm urging people to do is try. Because if you don't, you're not human. You're just a liability. And that's unfortunately what so many of these people are. Anyway, that's it for me. Uh, and I appreciate you listening. I hope I gave you a slightly different angle on the whole abortion thing. Um, just expanded it out a little bit, looking at it from, again, from a, a macro instead of a micro standpoint. Um, and... Uh, Again, I I appreciate listening, and that's it for me, so I'll see you again next week. Thank you.